Hello, Business Building Warrior. Welcome to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Good to have you join us again today. If this is the first time you're listening to our show, let me just give you a little intro as to what you can expect. Our podcast features hundreds of interviews with students who are succeeding building amazing businesses on Amazon using the strategies from the Proven Amazon Course Training. There's a link to that near this video. You can go check it out yourself. For $39 a month, you get all the education you'll ever need, exactly what you need right when you need it. It will grow with you. You'll be earning while you learn. It's a very low-risk strategy we use to introduce our students to Amazon. And that's the hundreds of stories you typically hear on our show. But once a week or so, we like to go in-depth into some more training content aimed more specifically at people who are doing the business, people who are trying to grow. Maybe it's uh, questions that we've received from some of our many coaching clients or students involved in our free Facebook group. There's a link to all that, by the way, at silentgym.com, the course, the Facebook group, our coaching. It's all there. Go check it out. But hey, today we're going to have Brian and Robin Joy Olson jump back on here. They're two of the great coaching leaders on our team. They love diving into the specific scenarios of what we're seeing right now among our coaching students. So today we're going to talk about using a prep center. And they're going to talk about what happens when the price tanks on some of your favorite ASINs. And a few other very practical tips. There's always good stuff. You can read the show notes if you want to get a bit more of a summary. Always great content with Brian and Robin Joy. Because again, my role on our team of 60 coaches is to interact with the coaching team leaders. That's my primary responsibility. And they serve our 60 coaches and those coaches serve our community. We've been coaching e-commerce and Amazon since... Oh, it's been over 20 years. Amazon specifically over 14 years. Pretty incredible, right? The longest running e-commerce and Amazon coaching organization in the world, to our knowledge. Let us know if you know of one that's been around longer with tens of thousands of students. And when we started our podcast, we said, hey, let's just interview the successful students. And that's what most of these episodes are. So you can go to silentgym.com, hear the episodes. Many of them aren't on YouTube if you're watching us on YouTube today. Hello, if you are, but you should know most of our audience consumes our content on our free podcast at silentgym.com. So go check that out. Hey, here's an announcement, a couple of them, and then we'll get over to Brian and Robin Joy for this week's information. So one, the Proven Conference, hundreds of people are registered. We've got more people registered at this point prior to the event than we've ever had before. It's going to be an incredible event. This is our 12th annual Amazon seller and e-commerce conference. You're going to absolutely love it if you've never been before. It's a very new seller, very newbie friendly. So even if you've never made a penny online before, you'll love it. If you're a very experienced seller, maybe you've heard about the event, maybe you've been yeah, we've got a lot for you as well. A lot of seven-figure, multiple seven-figure sellers there using all different models to succeed online. It's a multiple income stream event. It's got a great keynote speaker this year, a lot of excitement building over 40 breakout sessions over three days in Orlando, Florida, May 23rd through 25th. Please plan to join us if you possibly can. I promise you won't regret it. If you come and it's not for you, we'll give you a full refund. I guarantee you're going to absolutely love this event though. You need to be there. The website is theprovenconference.com. Those three words, theprovenconference.com. Go check it out. Snag your tickets. The resort where we're going to be staying, you really need to stay on the resort if you come to the event because the after session conversations are a lot of the value of this thing. You'll be blown away by the quality of the people you're about to meet when you come to this event. So the only other announcement I have for you is 
if you're not a proven Amazon course student yet, maybe even if you are, you need to know that we've just completely revamped the heart of the new seller training content for the proven Amazon course. That's right. Brian and Robin Joy, who you're about to meet along with Jimmy Smith, the guy who systemized replens for our community, they've gone through and completely revamped the first, that's about six or seven hours worth of training content that you're exposed to when you come into the proven Amazon course for the first time. Incredible opportunity to jump in using the latest cutting edge, slightly revamped and reshaped strategies that we're teaching to all of our new students. That's where all these hundreds of success stories are coming from. Get over to provenamazoncourse.com and jump in today. 39 bucks a month. That's all you'll ever need. And it grows with you over time. Always adding new content, always updating the old stuff, improving, taking out anything that's become irrelevant. It's a course that grows with you. We're very proud of it around here, as you can tell. Well, hey, that's enough of an introduction for now. Let's jump over and see what Brian and Robin Joy have on their minds today. Take it away, guys. Welcome back to Silent Sales Machine Radio. We are your co-hosts. I'm Brian. And I'm Robin Joy. And this is Coach's Corner. So you were telling me, mm -hmm. you get this question a lot. And in yes. fact, it came up this morning. We were having coffee. You were telling me about uh, a question that you got from a client. And you're like, here's how I'm going to answer this. Does this sound right? Not that I needed to approve it or anything, but <laughs> we but do go we, over these questions yeah, together. It's a just lot a good opportunity sure. for us to, you know, and that's how a lot of these conversations, the topics that we're talking about in these episodes come about. That's right. It is. So we discuss them. We try to come up with a good way to say it mm -hmm. so that people can understand. And that's how we come up with topics for the podcast. So let's get started. This is one of the most frequent questions that we get asked in the Facebook group or in, in any of the places we are. So the question is, I think I, it's not really a question. The comment <laughs> that we got this morning was, I think I sold something. Well, there's a question at the end. But I just sent my yeah. order in. Yeah. Right. So how can I tell? That's mm -hmm. the question. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So how does that happen, Brian? I just sent my, my order in. And it says I had a sale and, and I don't understand. Well, so a couple of things come to mind on this. One is when, when we're first starting out, we're sourcing, we're looking for products. We might be finding products that are the lowest of the low hanging mm -hmm. fruit, right? right? So products that don't have any FBA offers on them. Sure. Products that don't have uh, a lot of stock in them, mm -hmm. right? There's, we typically, these are the kinds of, products that we find in the early days. Often that's true. Yeah. Right. However, there is something else at work here mm -hmm. that we need to remember. Mm -hmm. So not it doesn't happen with all ASINs, but there is a program in Seller Central for third-party sellers called InStock, the InStock Head Start program. What this does is if you are out of stock in something, Amazon will sometimes make that inventory that you just sent to UPS to send to the warehouse available to the customer. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously they're not going to be able to send that to the customer. If a customer buys it right now, they're not going to be able to send that to the customer until they receive it and get it in a, bo a box or a bag and send it to the customer. Right? right. So, so what do we see that tells us if we're a customer buying that, how do we know? For a customer buying it, yeah. How do we know what? That it's not going to be there, and you know, we expect forty-eight hours in the prime window. But we have to pay yeah. attention because mm -hmm. I've gotten caught on this before. Yeah, where I bought something 
and it said it was prime. I have two. And I was expecting it in two days and it didn't come. And then I got all, you know, on my high horse <laughs> and I reached out to him and was like, hey, this was a prime, right. this was a prime order and it's been four days and it's not here yet. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think there were two things about that. Number mm-hmm. one, prime, just being prime doesn't mean 24 to 40 hour, 48 hour delivery. Not necessarily on everyone. Right. It means usually free shipping as part of your Prime membership. Mm -hmm. And Amazon strives to get, you know, one to two day, sometimes Mm -hmm. same day delivery on these items. Right. Right. And if you do get one to two day delivery, it's going to be free shipping if you have Prime Mm -hmm. in most cases. But some of these times you can, you have access, the buyer can actually see the product and be able to purchase it. But it has a little date next to it that says available on whatever date it's available. Mm-hmm. So sometimes that's a week out because Amazon doesn't even have it in their hands yet. They can't send it to a customer. They let the customer know every time. But we as third-party sellers need to make sure that we're watching how that's working. Now, keep in mind, this will only know for sure if we have it in our inbound status and it hasn't been received. Sometimes... After it's been received and it's in Amazon is ready to send it, sometimes it will be available to someone in Florida in 48 hours, but it won't be available to someone in Seattle in 48 hours. So those differences in delivery times mm-hmm. are something that matters to us when we start competing on price, when we start you know, thinking that it, we are either getting a sale or not getting a sale, buy box shows differently to whomever looks across the country. So the InStock Head Start program, though, is what allows your item to be available for a customer to purchase before Amazon actually has received it, even as soon as you deliver it to UPS to be shipped. Right, as soon as UPS takes control of that, Mm -hmm. if you're in the Head Start uh, program, Amazon will make your items for sale available for sale to customers. Mm-hmm. Now, how, so let's say that you know you're on a community listing and there are other offers on there. Why would someone pick mine? And this is the question I was answering that you didn't ask earlier, mm-hmm. which was, well, why? How? Why would that be? I just sent it in. It's only been, you know, I dropped it off yesterday morning. It's only been a day and a half. Mm-hmm. You know, how can that happen? Well, you could be on a listing where there are no prime offers, right? And now you all of a sudden show up as a prime offer and people will go and buy from you. Yes. Your delivery date could still potentially be sooner than than Merchant Fulfill mm-hmm. uh, offers on that listing. Or it could be later. Or it could be later, but the shipping is free. Mm-hmm. And so that's why, that's one of the reasons that you can see those orders come in very quickly after you send in your, your shipment. Sure. Yeah. And I hope this, this kind of helps everybody understand that it's not as simple as I have the lowest price, so I have the buy box. It's really not that as simple as that. Even if we're not, if we're pricing above the buy box, which we've been talking about a lot lately, even in those cases, we still can see the differences in different parts of the country because of all the warehouses across the country, what's close, what's far We have many examples that we go over. We'll be going over those in the workshop in May Mm -hmm. of these type situations and how you can see where your inventory is and what's going on with it, how quickly it would come to one place as opposed to another. So so keep that in mind when you're pricing or repricing or using a repricer. Keep in mind 
that you your repricer might chase that buy box even though the item's not even there yet. And that customer may, doesn't matter how low your price is, they're not going to necessarily buy that because it's going to take more time. So, you know, there are a lot of places to keep this in mind. We're just hitting this at a high level. Just want to make you aware of it. It's called the InStock Head Start Program. And you can opt out of that as well. If you go into Seller Central and search for it, you can uh, opt out of it and never have that happen. However, I don't mind having things sell, sell for me before they get to the warehouse. I don't mind that at all. Absolutely. As long and, as the customer's okay and, with it. And we addressed why it would sell. We yes. haven't addressed how can I tell if I actually got a sale. Okay. So Right? In the mobile app, it's pretty easy. Go to the Manage Orders link below the, the gold bars menu. If you've got gold bars, you go down below there. It's the third or fourth option down. Keeps getting moved around as the mobile app keeps getting yes. new functionality added to it. I keep clicking on the wrong the one because they yeah. moved one down. And then really easy to find your orders um, in the desktop app. Remember exactly which menu it is in, but. <laughs> so in the desktop app, uh -huh. in Seller Central, yep. on your main menu, it is orders, manage orders. There we go. Orders, manage orders. <laughs> so you may have to change the filters on either one of these. If you're using like the mobile app, I think by default, it's only looking at the last day. You can change that to three days, seven days, 30 days. And so if you think you had a sale a couple of days ago, you can go in there and play with the filters and, and see if it shows up. Same way on the desktop app. I think it does have some filters by default. And so you just want to change the time period, maybe to make sure that you're capturing all of the... Uh, time when it could have sold. Right, right. Good. Makes sense? Yeah. So thanks for that, Brian. And, mm -hmm. and I'm glad we could hit this. We got a little bit in the weeds, mm -hmm. but we obviously we can't answer this thoroughly on a podcast, but definitely want to make you aware of it and aware of some of the things that can happen that, sh that maybe you should keep in mind when you're deciding what price you're going to sell something. Absolutely. Right? Yes. All right. So let's move on. What other questions do we get? I think we get this question. I love your explanation of this. I've been selling this ASIN for a few months now. Mm -hmm. It's been a really good replant for me, and I'm I'm replenishing it every month, and it's going along. And then all of a sudden, something happens. There's a sale. It hits a list. Something happens, and that tank just that price just what we call tanks. Mm -hmm. It just goes down for an unapparent reason. Yep. What should I do in that case? Yeah, this is a great question. And we work with a lot of coaching clients who come to us. They already have a business going. Yeah. They may have inventory that's in the warehouses that's old. Yeah. And it's been sitting there for a long time with no sales activity because what happened? The price got away from them. Mm -hmm. Right. They may have sold a few, handful, 10, whatever, when it when they first sent the items in. And then the items tank because maybe they got it from a list or they got a hot deal on something. And then uh, or other sellers might have. Yeah. Yeah. Any number of reasons. And now you got a handful left, mm -hmm. but the price is so far away. People, I, the clients I work with are like, yeah, but I just don't want to sell it. I'll lose $5. Yeah. And so what I like to remind everyone is that there is a bigger picture here. There is. There's kind of an arc mm -hmm. of how your sales go on any one ASIN or any average on a group of ASINs. Now, if you send in a group, if you send in an ASIN, Mm -hmm. If you sent in five units on that ASIN yes, and before your items were even available for sale, that thing tanked, mm -hmm. then this doesn't apply to you. No. <laughs> <laughs> this, 
What I'm about to share applies if you have successfully sold some ASINs, uh, some items on that ASIN. Which, Several replenishments first. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you could have even sent in 10 units, let's say, like that's more than maybe this assume you were selling it for a couple of weeks or months. And so you've sent in, just to keep the math simple, let's say that you sent in 10 units. Okay. And over this time period, you have sold eight units okay. at a you know variable price, but still overall profitable. So uh-huh. let's say of those eight units, you were making $4 a profit on each one. So overall, you made- Are you doing math? I know, I am. I, I have to do it. <laughs> okay. I have to do it. So All right. $32 a profit. All right. But on the last two, if you want to sell them based on where the price is today, you would be taking a $4 loss on each one. So that's $8 I would lose. $8 I would quote unquote lose. But what you're going to tell me is I made $32. Mm-hmm. I lost $8. Mm-hmm. So I'm still profitable, twenty-four dollars overall. <laughs> you know, we're gonna get you. We're gonna get oh, feedback I'm, about how we did this math wrong. I'm but. confident on this math. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So yeah. So overall, yeah. So you will send sold ten items. Mm-hmm. You will have had twenty-four dollars of profit. So two dollars and forty cents on each one. This is, of course, you sold eight of the ten. No, eventually you sold all ten. Okay. You made twenty-four dollars in profit on all gotcha. of them. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so overall, you were still profitable. Right? Why would you want to sit on that for six months and pay storage fees for and give back all, all this the time, profit that and you- then just have that eat away at the profit that you've made? You'd be shocked at how many times I see this. I, me too. I see it all the time, all the time. So in those cases where you maybe went a little too deep or something happened that you didn't expect mm-hmm. that you were replenishing regularly, think about the whole picture. Take this ASIN and say, how much profit have I made over time on this ASIN mm-hmm. overall? How much am I going to lose if I get rid of my last little bit mm-hmm. and and lose all of it? Yep. Which probably won't happen, but um, recover what you can, obviously. Then you're probably going to feel a lot better about going ahead and popping out of that one. Yeah. Let that go and go try something else for a while. That one may come back. It was good for a while. It may come back. And, you know, use your analytical skills along with Keepa here. Yes. This is, this. you don't, just because the price has gone away from you. Mm-hmm. And it's been two weeks. It doesn't mean you need to lower your price and sell out and, you know, Correct. whatever. But you want to avoid having it sit there for a long period of time and giving away all your profits back in storage fees. Okay, so right? can I go off script here? Sure. Because this sounds like an absolutely wonderful time <laughs> to analyze that keep a chart. Mm-hmm. To see, because you have real experience from your experience in this ASIN, especially if you're selling above the buy box. Look back and see, can I see what's happened here? Can I come up with any clues as to something that would give me some experience to know about next time? And this is not even a bad thing to happen. This happens happens pretty commonly to mm-hmm. us. And it you know goes away for a little while and then it comes back another time. But this is a great time to really dig into that ASIN and that Keepa chart and see what does Keepa tell me when I know, because it's me, what is happening on this ASIN. At least I know what's happening for me. I don't know what's happening for other sellers. This is a great time to do that. Mm-hmm. I agree. There's nothing keep a, There's nothing more meaningful about reading a Keepa chart than when you ha- are one of the offers on that chart. Yes. Especially when, you, especially when you're first learning Keepa, you, you know, this will really help you put a lot of the pieces of the puzzle together. That's an excellent point, Brian. And so then I want to say... Those people that get started and they're they're really worried about sending that first shipment in and it's very concerning, 
perfectly understandable. Totally get it. Mm -hmm. That's okay. But take comfort in the fact that nobody really, they, they, a lot of these sellers that I'm talking about say to me, well, I'm still, I still don't understand Kipa. I'm still need to study Kipa more. I still, the best way to study Kipa mm-hmm. is when you have inventory yeah. in that ASIN, you are going to get a totally new understanding, way more complete understanding about what Kipa is and can tell you. So don't wait. Right. Don't wait to understand Kipa. Yeah. Well, yeah, don't wait. Send some stuff in. Yeah. Right. Don't wait on any of this. Send some stuff in. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so we we went off on a little trail there, but uh, I think that was, that was uh, good to go. Let's go see the next point. If I need, I need to revamp my whole business if I'm going to use a prep center. Yeah. So I want to use a prep center, mm-hmm. but I am not set up for that. I'm not going to be able to cover the the cost of it. I don't have enough profits. What do I do? So this actually came as a result. This came up as a result of a recent podcast guest on the Silent Sales Machine Radio, mm-hmm. and it was one of the. It was I, every episode I like. I could just watch these twenty four <laughs> hours a day, and this one was great. Someone whose family we met while we were at the Proven Conference last year. Mm-hmm. Just a great, great family. And, and he said, you know, well, if I'm going to go to a prep center, I got to kind of reevaluate because I got a lot of ASINs where I'm only making two or three bucks. Yeah. And we have been in that boat, too. Yes, we have. And we still have plenty of ASINs that only make two or three dollars. Sure, we do. And do we have a prep center? Yes, we do. Yes, well, we do. not a, an no. official prep center, but we have several people we have across the country who Effectively a prep center. Us. Effectively prep centers, right. yes. They take the, our items, they prep them, and they ship them in, and they charge us a fee for that. Yes, they do. Yeah, or just we, like a prep center. We does. pay them a fee for that. We, yes. yes. Okay. Actually, they send us an invoice and yeah, right. they're charging us and we pay them. Business okay. is business. Yeah. So even with our two to three dollar ASINs, mm-hmm. we still outsourced our business. Yes. So let's just take a minute and again, take a look at the big picture here. Talk about okay. this for a minute. All right. When we're outsourcing various parts of our business, we are likely going to experience lower margins. Mm-hmm. Okay. We hear a lot of success On stories. On average, overall, because mm-hmm. we're paying, yeah. we, we have a higher expense mm-hmm. on every ace. We hear a lot of success stories on this very podcast of people doing this business for three to six months, and they're managing to achieve like 18 to 20% net margins. This mm-hmm. is great, by the way. Mm-hmm. I, oh, yeah. I, I was honestly, when I was writing the notes for what we were going to chat about today, I know that the big box stores like Walmart and Target and Best Buy and Home Depot, they do not make double-digit margins. No. Okay. I don't believe they do. They make very, very small margins. If you want to go pull up their 10K and take a look, you know, t- fact check me on this and go for it. I can tell you. Yeah. They make it up in volume. They make it if up. If you absolutely. can make two or three yeah. cents on every item, but you mm-hmm. sell billions of those, mm-hmm. you're going to make right. millions of dollars. Yes. yes. Okay. So- the, the margins that we have in our Amazon business are phenomenal. 20% is like, that's like the gold, you know, the Goldilocks zone, right? Agreed. And and that's, I just want to say really quickly, point out the fact that we get a little, you know, it, oh, well, that's only 15% margin mm-hmm. or that's only 15% return on investment, even mm-hmm. two different. And, and we kind of turn our nose up at it. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> if that was all I had, that's still <laughs> the best investment I've seen ever. So, yeah. And it turns around in 30 to 45 days that I am happy with that. 
even the margins that Amazon makes on the product business, not necessarily the services for Amazon Web or whatever, but it's usually low single digits. Yeah. Okay. So if you outsource your prep and you stop start paying a per item fee, it mm-hmm. is going to eat into your margins. Right. But that's okay. Because, because? if we're outsourcing, mm-hmm. what are we getting in exchange for that? Volume. Well, okay. That's a, that's a good, a- good answer. Good answer. <laughs> good answer. <laughs> okay. Apparently not reading the, the notes right. But the first thing that comes to mind for me, if, uh-huh. if we can go there, is mm-hmm. volume. I can do you know, 200 items a week or whatever I can do as one person. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When I send it to a prep center, they have many people who can do yeah. 40, 50, 100, 500 thousands of items every week for me. And I don't have to do it. So every time I make a dollar, mm-hmm. even after I pay my prep fees, I make a thousand dollars if they sell a thousand. I can only make 200 if I do it myself. Or yes. Whatever you can do yourself. Uh, and it is a great answer. Okay. Obviously, when we outsource that, then it, we're not limiting we're not limiting our business to the time yeah. that we have available. Right. Okay. Okay. So tell me what you what you were really looking for. <laughs> well, when, when we outsource the various parts of our business, what we usually get in exchange for that, in addition to the ability to scale, is we get time back. Yes. We get time back in our life, in our business, and we go from working in our business to being able to work on our business. That's a very, very good point. So what do we do with that time? With that time, then we go through and we can... Add more strategies. Improve our book of business. Improve our book of business. That's the first thing we're going to do is improve our book of business and move the average sale price, move the average profits, Mm -hmm. and use our time to analyze and manipulate our book of business, mm-hmm. right? Yes. We, Whereas if we're packaging all the time, we're not going to be able to do it. Yeah, that. we've got no time to improve things, then we're just always at, you we're know. just catching up maximum, every week. <laughs> maximum utilization. Yes. Okay. okay. So that is a great, I totally lost where I was going to go because I got, I got another <laughs> great point here. So, <laughs> there are just so many, so many things in this. So we can scale. Mm-hmm. We also get our time back. We can improve our book of business. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's another benefit here to actually, if you outsource the way that we have, and we're not saying this is the only way or the way that you should do it, mm-hmm. but if you outsource the way that, that we have done it with family members, then it doesn't necessarily hurt me to have some ASINs that I only make 2 to $3 on, even if I'm going to pay $1.50 or more of prep per item. Mm-hmm. Because what am this I- This can help you meet minimums for- Shipping prep centers that require minimums exactly. too. That, that's it. It can help okay. you with so your explain minimum. Explain what the, what this is that you're. Talking. So if you've so with with family members for for us, I'm trying to help them meet a certain usually an income goal when we're doing this. Right, because we want them to stay interested enough. Yeah. And not treat it just like a side thing that kind of falls by the side of the way. We want their total focus. So if I can send them a hundred units a week, that even I only make let's say a. 50 cents or a dollar of profit on after all is said and done, but I get to pay them their per item fee, huh. then I'm keeping everyone happy. Right. Right. I'm keeping, and I'm it keeping It doesn't my- hurt me a bit. And it really helps my relationship with this person. Mm-hmm. And it really helps this person to be able to focus on my business. And it helps me keep my money moving. It right. Helps me keep because my if money. I, if I didn't spend the money on that and I had money sitting in my bank where I'm not earning 20% margins or mm-hmm. whatever, or uh, even, anywhere right. near that the, then what good does it do me so right. i if i'm i'm happy to take even a smaller margin so mm-hmm. 
for for us in our business, we are in this 12 to 15% margin net, depending on mm-hmm. kind of the, the flow of sales, mm-hmm. not 20%. It was 20% when we were or higher when we were doing everything ourselves. Right. Right. right? But remember, that was when we said, oh, I don't think we can do it. I can, yeah. <laughs> that was when we were doing it. It, it felt like. Every yeah. waking moment, not in the Amazon business necessarily, but every, every, all of life, every minute was consumed. Right. Exactly. Now keep in mind, we're not necessarily talking to people who have not sent in their first few shipments or mm-hmm. built a foundation sure. to work with here. Yeah. Some of you have no choice because you live outside the country, mm-hmm. but just giving you another way to think of things and think about how that scale might be able to happen for you. Yeah. Now here's the kicker. Mm-hmm. Here was the, here's for me the real selling point about why you can still go ahead if your ASINs are only making two to three dollars <laughs> and and leverage a prep center or a prep service if it's someone that you know or are related to. Mm-hmm. And that is if you've got a handful of good ASINs, I mean like highly profitable, we all have those right in the mix. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. want our whole book of business to be as good as the cream of the crop. And that's what right. we're always striving toward. Often a handful of those cream of the crop ASINs can cover the prep fees for the whole rest of your shipment. Yes. When you first said this to me before we ever started outsourcing anything, Mm -hmm. it completely changed the way I was looking at. And it made so much sense to me that I don't have to look at at it ASIN by ASIN anymore. We had a book of business to deal with and we could look at averages and we could look at a few taking care of the rest. When you this is one of the advantages of building a foundational book of business mm-hmm. to work with. You really have a lot more choices when you have a book, a group of ASINs as a whole that you're working with. Yeah. Now, there may be some other challenges with the ASINs that are, you know, even 2 to $3. Like a 2 to $3 sure. ASIN can still be a 100 or 200% ROI situation. You can it buy can really inexpensive stuff and still make 2 or $3 a profit on it. Right. And that two or three dollars, or let's say it's one dollar. Mm-hmm. We have some some ASINs that just make one dollar. Mm-hmm. And I've had had this question recently as well. One of the things that makes that worth it to do is that that's just one time you sell it, you get a dollar. If that sells ten times a month, then you have ten items for a dollar. That's ten dollars you're making that month. Mm-hmm. Now think about what if I had. 10 of those dollar ASINs. Uh-oh, now I'm doing math. <laughs> I know, now you're the one doing math. $100, uh-huh, 100. right? There you go, that's right. an easy, easy math. Well, 10 ASINs is nothing, mm-hmm. right? And I got $100. So remember, it's not just, oh, I'm only making 50 cents on that. It could be, there are multiplying returns, <laughs> exponential returns. So remember the whole picture again. Yes, you're turning, You if you can get enough money into enough ASINs of that, type, then that'll be valuable. Right. Even at 50, 75 cents a piece. Right. And by the way, when you're first starting out, it's easy to find the 50, 75, dollar, dollar, 50, $2 profit items. Right. And we take, take all we can get, whatever comes to us to start with until we build that foundational book. And then we're going to replace those with better ones. Well, what happens is as you are progressing, each week you're getting better. Mm -hmm. Each week you're you're finding yourself more successful when you're sourcing. And you're looking at more ASINs and having more more choices. More at-bats. When you you get more at-bats, you have seen more pitches come your way. You know what you're looking for. I'm not falling for that curveball again. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Right. 
Right. So, so far, this has been really conversational. This is an example for you guys. I know it sounds a little bit different today, but this is an example of how we have these conversations and we work out what we can do, what we can say to maybe help people see mm-hmm. what's worth. So little little insight there. What What's next, Brian? So, so there was a, a topic that, that came up. Uh, it, I, at least every week it comes up. <laughs> how do I get ungated in blah? Yeah. How do I get ungated in X? Yes. And I, you, you actually came up with this, and I think we're going to get some mugs made with this saying yeah. on it, right? What's the saying? But first, sales. Yes. Sales are the key to everything. Yes. And I know it sounds simple. And yes. well, if it were that easy, Brian, we would all be making sales. And, you know, it really didn't say it was that easy, <laughs> but it is simple. It's so, not complicated. How do you lower your risk in this business? Make more sales. How do you increase your trust with Amazon? Make more sales. How do you generate more revenue in this business? Make more sales. How do you get more seller feedback? Make more sales. How do you get ungated in various categories and brands? Make more sales. Make more sales. And if I might go back to every one of these points, Mm -hmm. none of them matter whether you made any money or not. Exactly. So... Make sales. Except for the risk. Maybe the risk the, part. It's the, like you wouldn't want to sell. You wouldn't want to have a business where all you did was lose money. Right, right, right. You don't have to make money. Though. Mm-hmm. If, as long as you're breaking even, sure. you get all of these benefits. Yep. Plus, you mm-hmm. get your money back. Mm-hmm. Now, <laughs> we know that the way to make more sales is to test more ASINs, right? The testing of an ASIN is a sale. Mm-hmm. Every ASIN that you test is three, four, five sales, however many you put in for your test. If Even if it doesn't work out, even if you break even on that one, you still get all of these benefits, plus the many other benefits we've talked about for testing. So make more sales, even if you don't make money. Amazon doesn't know whether you made any money or not. Neither does your customer who's mm-hmm. going to give you feedback. Even if you don't make money. And what... Does the what makes you have more sales test more ASINs? So that's the answer to everything. <laughs> it's like circular logic almost, it, isn't it? It kind of is. It kind of is. And again, it's not complicated. It's very simple, but it does require effort. So it, I have to admit, I was my mind was wandering as Uh-oh. you were talking there. Uh, I just because so, that never happens. <laughs> I started thinking about the base, baseball. I was like more pitches okay. and curveballs yeah. and stuff like that. And I'm trying to think of like what is the equivalent of breaking even, mm-hmm. and I would say maybe it's like a walk. Mm. When you're up to bat in, in baseball, softball, whatever, if you get a walk, yeah, it doesn't really help your at bat statistics. Although right. there is a OBP or on base percentage. That, you know, a walk counts for that, too. So you can okay. get really good at getting a walk. But a walk does not hurt your game. And it certainly doesn't hurt your business if a walk is the equivalent of breaking even. And there are other benefits to that. Because, guess <laughs> well, at least you're in the game. And you're giving yourself a chance to score runs, which is mm-hmm. what we're all trying to do here, runs being profit. Mm-hmm. And so you don't, you can't ever score runs. You can't ever make any profit if you never send any items in. That's right. So in this analogy, mm-hmm. some of those at-bats are going to be home runs. Yep. Many of those at-bats are going to be strikeouts, or some of them will be walks. Mm-hmm. But most, but the more times you're at-bat, the more times you have a chance. But some of them are going to be on base. Mm-hmm. That's what we're looking for. We're just yep. looking for on bases yep. till we get ourselves built, experienced, 
and get really good at hit, hitting home runs. We'll take walks. We'll take singles. We'll take doubles. We'll take triples. Exactly. We'll take home runs. The, but you got to get up to bat. Yep. You got to get up to bat. And if you don't take those mm-hmm. and you just wait for the home runs, mm-hmm. you're going to be waiting. You'll be waiting for a long time. Well, you, then you don't take those base hits and you're, it doesn't help your averages. Hey, there, there was a uh, San Francisco Giants, I think, money ball, small ball, mm-hmm. right? It was all about the little small things that made a huge difference in their ability to be a winning team. And I think they eventually won a World Series. I'm not the biggest baseball fan. <laughs> okay. But so, yeah, and it was all, of you know, it's not about loading the bases and hitting a home run all the time. It's, you know, it's the little things. It's the walks. It's the singles. It's the mm-hmm. whatever. The consistent the mm-hmm. activity. Mm-hmm. Constantly being up to bat. Constantly yeah. being in the rotation. If you sit out the rotation, you don't get an at bat. Yep. Right? That's right. You're not getting, so, you're not seeing any pitches at all. Right. You're not even on the on the field. Yeah. And if you say, oh, I that's just a base hit. Forget it. I'm just going to go <laughs> sit down. You're probably going to get booed off the field. <laughs> I do see that a lot. Like, oh, it's only $2. It's not yeah. worth it. Oh, you better find some. I see this in, in various groups uh, yes. out on the interwebs. <laughs> oh, you better go find some stuff that makes He's at least $10 silly. or you're not, or you're going to be out of business fast. Right. I disagree. Yes. We disagree. We've seen it and we are living examples of you don't have to. Yeah. Well, keep all these things in mind. These mm-hmm. are, you know, we, this is a pretty tactical podcast that we're doing, with, you know, giving you some ideas, but really just high level, keep these things in mind, put these into, into the bucket of thought that you have as you're kind of building your business and adjusting your business and think about the options that you do have. Yeah. All right. We have a quote. All right. What's our quote today, Brian? This is an awesome quote. I saw it uh, somewhere on some, I think it was LinkedIn. Okay. Uh, I was fooling around on LinkedIn, not fooling around, but <laughs> doing productive work of on LinkedIn. Of course And <laughs> someone, there was a, some quote and someone said, oh, that reminds me of this. I always like to say this. And this is, I never lose. I either win or learn. Mm. And just, I was like, oh, that's awesome. I reached out to that person. I was like, that's a great quote. Do you mind if I you know, steal that. And then I decided I should Google it and found out it's actually, wasn't that person. It came from Nelson (laughs) Nelson Mandela Mandela said that. Yes. Yeah. But it is so applicable Mm -hmm. to what we do here. Right. Right. Even a walk is learning. Yes. Even Even a a break, even strikeout is learning. Yeah. Strikeout is absolutely learning. You you ever notice like, as long as we're on the baseball kick Mm -hmm. that a lot of times the first rotation through all of the batters, the, the pitcher Mm -hmm. can be very successful but the next rotation, they can start getting hit on. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean in a romantic way, right? <laughs> the, ba- right. the batters can start getting hit. And, yes. and it's not unlike, you know, this the second half of a football game, which, by the way, we saw a couple of football games this last weekend that totally changed in the second half when teams make adjustments because mm-hmm. they learned, mm-hmm. right? When you they get to adapted. learn, yeah, you see what's going on, you get to uh, make adjustments on the field, in the locker room mm-hmm. and then get back out on the field, you can change the game. And yeah. this quote from Nelson Mandela just hits that home so perfectly. Yeah. You got to be in the game though. Mm-hmm. You can't do it from the sidelines. So let's say I'm up to bat. Yeah. And I strike out. Yeah. What are you, you going to do? You know what cures that? Go test more aces. More aces. More at bats. More at bats, which yes, more aces. All right. Put yourself in the position to have more at bats. Let's go get some more aces. Let's go get some more aces. Good job, buddy. Thanks, everyone. Talk to you later. Talk to you soon. 
Hey, thanks for joining us today. As we like to do once a week or so, I bring on a good friend of mine, Mr. Jeff Schick of jeffschick.com. He's our resident lawyer with all things Amazon legal, Amazon policy. He always has a great tip for us. What do you have for us today, Jeff? Hey, so I have an interesting one. This is about buying American. Now, this is not some, you know, pro, you know, only buy stuff that's made in the US. Wave your flag, right? <laughs> but it does sort that. of go along the same thing. So when you sell a product on Amazon, they're expecting that the products you sell are going to be like if you're buying, and this is assuming Amazon.com, they're expecting that the products you sell on Amazon.com are intended for the US market. And that sounds really simple to a like most of us hearing that probably say, wow, why wouldn't it be? <laughs> you know? sense. But if you think what, what we're starting to see this trend of is there's a lot of websites out there that are designed to separate Amazon sellers from their dollars. And they do this by finding ways to cut corners and make money off of sellers who don't know any better. So there's like one of the big things that we've been seeing a trend of is sellers buying products from third-party sellers on walmart.com that ship products from China that are usually counterfeit. Those, of course, are not, you know, counterfeit products are not protected by the first sale doctrine. You can't sell them in on Amazon. They don't take- For those who don't know, you can sell on amazon.com as a third-party seller and have inventory that's not endorsed by or held by or okayed by Walmart. So you could be buying counterfeit inventory off walmart.com. It's very possible. Right, which is why we only recommend buying from Walmart as a seller, not from any Walmart third-party seller. You can resell, Absolutely. absolutely. Now, similarly, we're also seeing this rise of interesting websites that are popping up and they come up with fancy names and they look really good. They've got great web designers, but they're typically based in foreign countries and they may not even really make you realize it's a foreign country. Like some websites are explicit that you'll you'll be purchasing in euros, you know, or British pounds. That's a pretty good indicator that it's a foreign country because, you know, you're not going to usually buy American products from a U.S. company in euros. But some of them will charge you in US dollars and they'll make it look like it's a, a website here in the States, but then the products will be shipped to you and they'll come DHL and they'll be shipped from you know France. Well, mm-hmm. or Spain. Red flag. Red flag, because it may be authentic product. Like, well, let's take a bottle of sunscreen. You might buy a bottle of sunscreen and it's authentic sunscreen shipped from Spain to the United States. It came from the manufacturer. It was, you know, that maybe it's, it's Italian sunscreen that was made in Italy sold in Spain. It's also sold in the United States, but they you're buying the one in Spain and it's being shipped to you there. The problem with it is that when you start selling it on an Amazon listing, consumers may notice that it's a different bottle. You know, it may be in Spanish or it may have, you know, seven seven languages on it, you know, the official languages of the European Union. And when you're looking at the bottle, it's different. Um, you know, food products for instance in Europe have circular horizontal food labels that have kilocalories and kilojoules and things like that. Whereas products in the United States are are vertically based with bars and squares and says ounces, right? Yeah, in ounces too. You know, not grams. So the products can be materially different between the two state, two countries, or two you know two economies because one is packaged for Spain and the other is packaged for the U.S. Even if it's the exact same packaging, it can still be a problem because the manufacturer has intended for that bottle to be sold in Spain. And so when we start taking it into the United States without the manufacturer's consent, we're now importing a product across, you know, across country borders without manufacturer consent. And so, you know, just from a high level legal scenario, 
the first sale doctrine doesn't apply to that sale. And the big example I remember was a guy who was, I think, going to Europe and he was buying up very expensive textbooks for pennies on the dollar where they're much cheaper over there. And he was bringing them right. back and selling them in the US. And right. there was a big lawsuit. And I think that's what brought awareness to this for a lot of people is just, just because you can fit it in your suitcase or get someone to ship it to you in a box doesn't mean you're allowed to sell it in the country where you're at. Correct. Because then it becomes what's called a parallel import. And you got that case perfect. And they're now using that to you know expand trademark law here in the states. So, big rule of thumb, you know, checking your websites, make sure that it has a U.S. address on the website, U.S. customer service team. You know, I'm always a big thing, a big advocate. If you've never heard of the website before, you know, do your due diligence. And if you find, you know, if you if you feel comfortable, buy one item. Don't yeah. buy 25 just because they're a good deal. Buy right. one, ship it Testing. to your house, yep. and look at it. Because you can tell a lot by looking at the tracking history as to where that product came from, how it's packaged, and and you know it's if you get that bottle of sunscreen, I'm a, you know and you you know I'm a huge advocate. Go to CVS, buy the same bottle of sunscreen, put them side by side. Are they side the same? Shape? Yep. Are they the same size? Are they the same weight? Are they the same color? And if it shows Everything. up DHL, that's always a little bit of a red flag. I'm like hmm, I didn't realize I was ordering something from another country. You know, for me right. that's a little red flag for me to just be sure and verify as well. Absolutely. So watch for all that sort of stuff and and see, and then also watch out, you know, uh, UPS now has some interesting, I think they're called mail innovations where stuff is shipped and it'll just be like magically appear in the United States <laughs> and it's really being shipped from abroad. So you got to okay. watch out for the packages too, but gotcha. Well, great tip, yeah. man. Appreciate you. you. Hopefully that'll help keep someone out of some trouble there. And I, you always do. You bring such great practical tips that we can just put the work right when we hear them. So thanks for hanging out with us today and we'll hang out with you again very soon. For those who didn't realize it, Jeff is one of the great sponsors coming up at The Proven Conference, July 6th through 8th, 2023. You're going to be there, right, buddy? Bringing your team? I already booked my ticket. In fact, uh, I was talking to one seller. They said plane tickets are going up in price. So you know, I locked mine in a couple of weeks ago. I highly recommend everyone else do the same. So yeah, for sure. See you in Ohio in July. Can't wait to do it. And we'll have you back again next week. All right, Jeff? All right. Thank you. Appreciate Talk it. Talk to you then. See you, buddy. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit silentgym.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.